wants to, to be with us. And uh, I'm, we're familiar with the, the story of, of Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. He, he wept over the city because uh, he wanted to draw people to him. Uh, he wanted to gather them like a, a hen gathers their chicks, but they wouldn't let him. Uh, and it caused such grief to him. And, and the same thing happens with us if we make the wrong choices. It causes him grief. But the point this morning, if you forget anything else, is that Jesus wants to walk with us. And, and he's passionate about walking with us. So uh, the passage I'm going to look at is Luke chapter 19. And we're going to look at the first 10 verses. Not the first 10 chapters, as I said to Vance this morning. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to um, follow, I'm, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. So from verse 1, chapter 19. And Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it on his way to Jerusalem. And there was a man called Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he was trying to see Jesus, which one he was, but he could not on account of the crowd because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus reached the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received and welcomed him joyfully. And when the people saw it, they all muttered among themselves and indignantly complained. He has gone to be the guest of and lodge with a man who is devoted to sin and preeminently a sinner. So Zacchaeus stood up and solemnly declared to the Lord, See, Lord, the half of my goods I now give by way of restoration to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I now restore four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today is salvation come to all the members of this household, since Zacchaeus too is a real spiritual son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. So let's first have a look at Zacchaeus. Now, he was a tax collector, a chief tax collector, and he was very rich. Now, if we know anything about that period, uh, the tax collectors didn't actually do their jobs the way they should have. They, They actually cheated people, and they were thieves. And he was the chief amongst them. But interestingly enough, something must have been stirring inside him because he heard about this man, Jesus. And, uh, and, and if you think again about him being a tax collector and what he did, he was despised because we, we, we read uh, in, chapter, in verse 7 how people muttered about him and, and, and they were indignant because you know, he, he robbed people of their livelihood. So he wasn't a good guy to be around. However, something was stirring in him, and he wanted to see who this Jesus was. Now, Jesus was just passing through. Obviously, he heard about it. And 
the first thing to know about Jericho is um, it was a city that was, um, it was cursed, if you remember, Joshua. It was cursed. Uh, and so it was built on a curse. But then Jesus came through. And this is kind of symbolic because Jesus, as we know, is the giver of life. But also he, he came to break the curse of sin and death. And he was coming through that city um, wherever he went, he brought the curse of sin and death. He brought healing. He brought deliverance. He raised the dead. And he brought newness of life through the gospel. And, and that's exactly what happened in that city. So, Zacchaeus, we can, in a sense, we can put ourselves in his place because he wanted to see who this Jesus was. Now, of course, we don't know all the details because we're, we're just giving limited information here. However, we can look at his actions and see that he wasn't hindered by the crowds because there was a crowd, and he wasn't hindered by his size because he was a rather small chap. I don't know exactly how tall he was, but if we relate that to us, there are sometimes things that can hinder us from getting close to God or, or attempting to get closer. And we need to be encouraged that be like Zacchaeus. Don't let anything get in the way of us getting close to God or walking, in, walking with God or making the right choices because this was a choice that he made. And two things to note. Number one, he climbed a tree. And you could argue, not argue because I used to do it, that he was like a child. And we need to be like children. We, we need to have that mindset of a childlike attitude when it comes to the things of God, to, to, to reach, reach out to God. So he climbed the tree, he, uh, so having that mindset of a child, but also he, was, he had that determination to rise above his circumstances because of his stature, okay? <coughs> And this, his, this stature thing, it could relate to who we are as a person or our position in life. Because sometimes, um, you know, how you're seen in society or how you're looked upon in society, that can be a hindrance as well. But he didn't allow that to stop him from, uh, from seeing Jesus. And the other thing, most importantly, he was despised and he's past, his background, he didn't allow that to get in the way either. And in the same way, regardless of where we've come from or where our backgrounds are, we can come to Jesus. That's wonderful. So that's us making the step. But what about Jesus? Jesus was walking by and he looked up and he saw this man in the tree. And it, it must have been quite an amusing sight seeing that. The, the king of kings, lord of lords. He's already making waves. Everyone knows about him. And then he just stops under a tree. And he's this man hanging out up in the branches. And what does he do? He calls him down. Right. So let's just have a look at that. So Jesus, the first thing he did was he looked up. And when Jesus reached a place, verse 5, he looked up. And said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. Now, first thing is he looked. Um, 
I think one of the things as, as Christians we need to know and understand is how Jesus looks at us. Because we need to see the eyes of Jesus. How does Jesus look at you? How does he look at me? What does he see? Well, the first thing we know is that he sees and knows everything. Nothing is hidden. Nothing at all. And I think there are two ways we can uh, understand how Jesus looks at us. He looks at us with love. We know that, don't we? Because he is love personified. And also, it describes Jesus, his eyes, when John had a vision, he says that his eyes are like a flame of fire. Okay? So there's the fiery passion of Jesus. And he can look at us with judgment, but it's refining and cleansing and, uh, and removing the stuff that stops us from seeing him. Okay, so there are two ways that, um, and I'm sure there are more, but there are two ways I want us to think about this morning. And Jesus looked at him with eyes of love. So he looked at him. That was the first thing. And then the second thing was he called him. He called him by name. When Jesus calls us by name, he's calling us because, number one, we're chosen. We're all chosen, aren't we? And when he calls us, uh, he affirms us in our calling. And you know, we all ha- we, as we grow in Christ, we will have different callings, different giftings. And, and we've, we've already started praying into that. And, and we want to see that. We want to see people relieved in their giftings. But there is one calling that is common to all of us. And that is that we are called out of darkness into his wonderful light. And, uh, and uh, some of you may not be familiar with uh, a verse in, in one of the letters, 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse two, uh, uh, 1 Peter, chapter 2, sorry, verse 9, where it says, We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, called by God, chosen, called by God out, out of darkness into his wonderful light. And so that is a calling that's coming to all of us. And, and I think what we saw with Zacchaeus was that original calling. He was called out of darkness into light. And, uh, and uh, I think the, uh, the most beautiful thing about this passage is how he responded to the call. Now, when Jesus called him, he, he didn't just call him by name. He said, hurry. <laughs> if he calls us and we hear a call, don't delay. Move quickly. Otherwise, we could miss it. Okay? He called him and he hurried down. And I kind of wish I was there because I'd love to have seen him climb up in the first place. But it must have been fun seeing him trying to get down as well. But he came down and he responded straight away. And then Jesus said to him, I'm coming to your house. So, the most important thing about what Jesus said to him is this. Not so much calling him by name. That's good. Or not even so much that he's coming to his house. It says, 
Jesus said, Hurry, come down, for I must stay in your house. Okay? That's the key thing. He wants to stay. Okay? So he's coming, but he wants to stay. Why does he want to stay? He's got work to do. We've got work to do. You heard some snippets of what is gonna, we're going to see unfold this year because we've got work to do. But the only way we can be effective with what we do is with Jesus being right there in the midst of what we're doing. Okay? So he's coming and he wants to stay. So allow him to stay. And when he comes and when he stays, things change. <coughs> things happen. As we see. So, verse 8. Zacchaeus stood up and solemnly declared to the Lord, See, Lord, the half of my goods and I give by way of restoration to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I restore four times. I mean, that is just amazing. Okay, now, we don't really know what conversations happened on the way to the house. Did Jesus say to him, look, mate, you need to sort your life out. You know that I know you. I called you by name. I know what you've been doing. Sort your life out. We don't know what, what conversations happened. But the one thing we do know was that when Jesus called him, his response was joy. Okay? So that indicates that something was stirring up inside him. He wanted to connect with Jesus. He must have wanted to connect with Jesus. And then when Jesus called him, he was just full of joy. And you know what I reckon? He... Okay, I'll, I'll double-check this with him when we get to heaven, okay? <laughs> but there was some point where he, he decided, you know, I, I can't live like this anymore. Something has to change. And Jesus knew that. And I think sometimes where there is a turning in your heart, just like the prodigal son, the father already starts to go out. Jesus already starts to reach out. When there's a shifting or a turning, God is there to meet us and take us where we need to go. There was something, a stirring going on, and as soon as he got the call, he was full of joy. And you know, one thing about this joy that he had, it didn't matter what anyone said about him, about his past, because now he was on a journey into his future and into his destiny, and he didn't care one thing and he stood up and he made that statement and you know what that's called it's called repentance that's what it is because there was a shift and repentance is a, it's a shift in a mindset in a shift in the way we think and um, when I was preparing uh, one of the things that the Lord said to me about repentance is different ways we can look at it but repentance or that turning it's like uh, walking away from the shadow of your past and into the light of your destiny. Because when you go from darkness into light, the first thing you can do is see. Your eyes are opened. His eyes were opened. It was open to his past and what it meant. But there was a shift and he started to change. 
And in the same way, repentance needs to, it's an ongoing thing. Of course, we know that, don't we? Or if you don't, then I'm telling you it's an ongoing thing. <laughs> and there was a shift. And then behavior started to change. And he started to walk with God. And obviously, his journey kind of ended there from our perspective. So again, when we get to heaven, we can find out what happened, you know, whether he continued to give everything away and actually became poor but rejoiced in his poor. You know, I, I think that was a pers- perfect example of a cheerful giver. You know what Paul talks about later on? Maybe he got the idea from this guy. But he gave the money back joyfully. And that's what God wants. He wants us, he wants that shift to continue to happen because the more we can experience the light of his presence and the more we can respond to the Holy Spirit, particularly in terms of repentance because, you know, we, we've, we've got to keep working things through. There's always baggage, isn't there? There's always things that crop up. Um, but when we've got that mindset... We can work it through with the Lord and we can keep going forward. And that is just, isn't that good news? That's what the world needs to hear. You know, we, um, all the stuff that we've been hearing about these terrorist attacks and stuff like that, and we know, um, Vance mentioned last week, that you know, politics is not going to change it because it's a demonic thing. The only thing can, that can change these guys is, is Jesus Amen. being delivered. Uh, and, and the best example of that is Paul in the Bible. Yeah. It's wonderful. So Jesus wants to come home and, um, and, and continue to establish his throne in our hearts. That's what I, I want us to take away with us. And that's where it gets exciting because when we're in that place and when we can finally see, we can start to walk. And we can, as we continue in that relationship, we can work out what God is calling us into. And God is calling us into stuff. Every one of us is called. Everyone has a purpose. And it's wonderful because it's with the guy who came to stay, Jesus. Um, some years ago, um, and I'll see if Verena remembers this, we, we were in Switzerland and we went to visit some friends um, it was actually, we, we went to visit Anina's um, family. And, um, and Anina's parents took Verena and myself to church. And when we were at the church, I, I, I had a picture. So I, I told Verena that um, I'd like to share a, a picture for, for the group. And it was a, it was a youth meeting. Um, so Verena did the Swiss-German bits because I, I couldn't speak a word of it. And then I shared what God had put on my heart. And then Verena started translating it. And she took absolutely ages. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I didn't say all that. <laughs> anyway, she, she took absolutely ages. And, and, they, and just before I gave the word, uh, they were singing a, a song. They were worshipping with this song. And, um, and they stopped um, when I gave the word. And then, and then I sat down. And then they started um, singing this song again. And then they just carried on singing it virtually for the rest of the meeting over and over and over again. So 
I was, I mean, I didn't understand what was going on. So after a while, I turned to Verena and I said, why are they singing this song over and over again? And then what she said to me, and then she explained why she, her translation took a long time. Um, I didn't know what the song was about, but what the, the, they were singing, it was, the words were to the effect that um, God will allow his light to shine so that you could see and he could guide you. And that was exactly the word that I gave to that effect. But what I said was that there were people here who um, were, were just in a state of confusion because they didn't know where they, they should be or where they wanted to go or didn't know their calling. And, and God, God is here and he's, he's allowed his light to shine so that you could see where you, you could go. And, and it's kind of based on Psalm uh, 119 uh, where, where God, his, his word is a lamp to my feet and a guide to my pathway, you, if you're familiar with that. Um, so, and then Verena said, the reason why she took long with the translation was that she was explaining to everyone, this guy, he doesn't speak Swiss German, he hasn't got a clue what song is being sung, but this is what God gave him. And so emphasizing that this was the spirit of God speaking through me at the time. So, so loads of people responded and they, they were praying and again, I didn't have a clue what was going on. And, um, and they, um, uh, and then they carried on singing the song. Anyway, probably a year or two later, one of the youth members in that church actually came and stayed with us. And, uh, and as we got to know her, she, she sort of said, oh, I, was, I was in that meeting and I remember that word that you gave. And it had an impact on me. And uh, so the time that she was with us, it was two months, and she, she came back a few times after that. But she we spent a lot of time talking with her and praying with her because she was on a journey and she was trying to find out where God was taking her and everything. And, uh, but we saw how this young lady, she, she grew in the Lord uh, and she, she grew in her faith and then she, she got direction and calling and she ended up serving the Lord in Pakistan, which was wonderful. Um, and, uh, and the point I'm, I'm saying uh, to encourage us is that when we walk in the light, we will see. And as a church, with all the things that were going on, the first thing to get hold of is that Jesus wants to go home. The second thing is that as we continue to work out our lives and our salvation with him, walking in the light, we want to see, and we will see, your callings, your giftings being released so that we can use them to the glory of God. And that's what he wants. And he wants that with a passion. Amen? Amen. That's totally what he wants. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm just going to finish by reading these verses from Revelation, which you are all familiar with, but I think it's quite relevant. Behold, Revelation 3, verse 20. Just to remind us again. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will eat with him and he will eat with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice 
and opens the door, I will come into him and will eat with him and he will eat with me. And remember, Jesus just, he doesn't just want to come in, he wants to stay. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your love for us. And thank you, Lord, that you are continuing to work out our salvation. You are continuing to work in our lives. And, and Lord, we want to be a people that says yes to your call. And we want to be a people that when you do call us into whatever you're calling us into, we won't delay. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.